This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moore and McFarlane. It's Monday the 23rd of January. In your Squiz today, a coronation fit for a king, a Lunar New Year tragedy, New Zealand gets a new Prime Minister, and picks for the golden guitars. This is your Squiz today. It's been months, if not years, in the making, but plans for the coronation of King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla have been announced, Siobhan, and now that they've been finalised, it's going to be all systems go in preparing for the weekend of events on May 6 to 8. Oh yes, Alice, I can see the commemorative China going into production <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Now, just to explain a bit for those who aren't across all of this, Charles has officially been king since Queen Elizabeth died on the 8th of September last year. But the coronation is a 1,000-year-old practice that, quote, signals the confinement of God's grace upon a ruler. Now, the UK is the only European monarchy that still carries out coronations, so you can expect lots of pomp and ceremony. And there's also been a public holiday announced for Monday the 8th of May in the UK, but there's no word yet on whether us Aussies will get one too. And in terms of the schedule, it's all going to get started on Saturday morning with the King's procession from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey. That's where they'll hold the formal ceremony, which will be conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby. And the palace says it will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future. Yeah, it's also going to include the coronation oath, which will see Charles swearing to govern his subjects according to their respective laws and customs. After that, there'll be another procession, this one called the coronation procession, back to Buckingham Palace, where Charles and Camilla will appear on that famous balcony, although there's no word yet on which family members will join them. Day two on the Sunday is party time. The palace says a concert will be headlined by some of the world's biggest entertainers, but they haven't named names yet, so stay tuned for those announcements. But several famous actors, dancers and a choir, including NHS workers, refugees, LGBTQIA+, and deaf singers will appear, as the royal family really wants this to be a more diverse celebration. And millions of Brits are also set to hold street parties for the Coronation Big Lunch. And then the public holiday is being dubbed the Big Help Out. It's intended to be a chance to volunteer in the community. As you said, though, Siobhan, there's no word yet on the big elephants in the room. The palace hasn't released details of which family members will appear in the procession or on the balcony. And there's conflicting reports on whether Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan have been invited. So it looks like royal watchers will just have to wait and see. There's been another mass shooting in the US, Siobhan. Police are hunting for a gunman who killed 10 people at a ballroom dance studio in Monterey Park, which is on the edge of Los Angeles. It's where a Lunar New Year celebration was going on for some of the city's Asian-American population. 
Yeah, that's right, Alice. So 10 other people were also wounded, some of whom have been left in a critical condition. Early reports suggest the offender may have been an Asian man wielding a semi-automatic weapon, but that hasn't yet been verified by authorities. What police have confirmed is that they are investigating whether an incident at another ballroom venue in the nearby city of Alhambra, which just occurred a short time later, is connected. Now there, a man is said to have walked in with a gun before locals managed to wrestle the weapon off him before he fled the scene. And California's Governor Gavin Newsom spoke after the shooting. He gave his condolences for what he said were the victims of a horrific and heartless act of gun violence. The attack is the 33rd mass shooting in the US this month. New Zealand's Labour Party has named its new Prime Minister after Jacinda Ardern's resignation last week, Siobhan. MP Chris Hipkins has been voted in. Yeah, so Hipkins will lead the party and the country, along with his new Deputy Prime Minister, Carmel Cipollone, as they prepare for New Zealand's general election in October. He's probably not a name many people are familiar with in Oz, but Hipkins is known as an experienced politician. He's 44 years old and he was elected to Parliament in 2008 and currently leads the police, education, public service and COVID-19 response portfolios. So he is across a lot of different issues. But he's also facing an uphill battle to secure a Labour win in the upcoming election, because as we mentioned last week, both Jacinda Ardern and the Labour Party have been facing criticism for the country's growing cost of living problems. So it could be a tough sell for voters to keep them in. Despite all that, though, Hipkins says becoming PM is the biggest responsibility and the biggest privilege of his life. The changeover officially takes place on February 7. That's when Ardern and her deputy, Grant Robertson, will vacate the roles. Siobhan, it was a bittersweet day for tennis fans on Saturday. Veteran Aussie player Sam Stoza bid farewell to her on-court career after a first-round loss in the Australian Open mixed doubles. That's right, Alice. Stoza and teammate Matt Ebden were knocked out in a tiebreaker by Croatia's Nikola Mektic and the Netherlands' Demi Schurz. But it was still all about 38-year-old Stoza on the night, with Tennis Australia boss Craig Tiley giving her flowers and praising the seven-time Grand Slam champion for her career and presence as a role model. She got multiple standing ovations from the sellout crowd and said it was hard for her to think it's over now. Now, but that she's been very blessed to have had a career that she's loved. A couple of other big names were also knocked out of the tournament over the weekend, Siobhan. Polish number one Iga Swiatek was beaten by reigning Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina and Scott Andy Murray's hopes were also dashed in a loss against Spain's Roberto Bautista Agut. As for today, though, Novak Djokovic will face off against Aussie hopeful Alex de Menor for a spot in the quarterfinals. Siobhan, we've talked about a few Hollywood Awards ceremonies recently and now it's time for an Aussie one to shine. 
The Golden Guitar Awards, aka Country Music's Night of Nights, were held in Tamworth on Saturday. Yeah, so Amber Lawrence was named Female Artist of the Year as she celebrated two decades at the Tamworth Country Music Festival. But the biggest surprise of the night went to Male Artist of the Year, Andrew Swift, who won despite not having even released an album in 2022. <laughs> and even he sounded shocked, saying this is absolutely incredible. Also pleasantly surprised was 10-year-old Tiggy Hart Eckersley, who became the youngest ever winner in the event's 51-year history. Yeah, she took home a trophy for co-writing Song of the Year with her parents Brooke McClymont and Adam Eckersley, along with their friend Dan Biederman. It's called Star of the Show. The night's top prize, though, went to the Gold Coast-based Casey Barnes. He won Best Country Album for Light It Up. Squeeze the day, Siobhan. Staying on the topic of music, today's the anniversary of the first musos who were inducted into Rock and Roll's Hall of Fame. Yeah, so that was back in 1986 and people are probably familiar with most of the names who made the list in that first year because they include Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly and of course the King, Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah, basically today's a great day to play a favourite country or rock album by the sounds of things. And that wraps us up this morning. Thank you for listening. Have a great start to your week and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.